Welcome to our team. This is Saratova Best. We're speaking about creating an environment and the French Revolution. But how how possible is it to create an environment? So we were saying that the 12-step method is very, very popular. And one of the things it says is um, learn to accept the things that you can't change, which is kosher. And it's a probably and it's probably a, an excellent method for emergency use. Um, is it the highest form of Jewish thinking? No, but it but it works in in emergencies. So, what is a higher form of thinking? Because its emphasis is on the idea that um, you know you, there are a lot of things in life you really can't control. So just chill, just chill. Stop stop getting upset about the things that you can't control. In fact, nine really it would say ninety percent or ninety nine percent of things in life you really can't control. But the focus there is really on, you know, you have to realize you're one little small person who has a quite limited influence and um, don't, you know, don't, don't frustrate yourself by thinking that you can go and change the world. Realize you're, that you're a pretty small person and change yourself. That's sort of its approach and change yourself and be satisfied with that because that's a full-time job also. And it's 100% and it actually has saved people's lives. But, but Pimis Atayra says, and certainly the Rebbe Tashkafa says, um, and you see in Hayyamim, a, a chassid makes an environment wherever he goes. There is no, in other words, Pimis Atayra says the exact opposite. That a chassid, whatever he's doing, whether, whether he's tying his shoe, or Lahabdul, he's saying to Hillam, or he's just standing at a bus stop, he is creating an environment. So every his his whole goal in life is to change every single molecule of space that he steps into. So it's pretty much the diametric opposite. But there's room for both in 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 Yiddishkeit, especially as we say when there's for emergency use, certain things um, are approved. So what we're going to look at is the idea of um, a chassid create a yid creates an environment. That's what we're going to going to look at. That's that that difference. Um, oh, yes. So, so let's go into what the Sikha says. This idea of creating an environment. So we're saying we're 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 not in a situation where, well, what can I do about it? Because a, a yid was created to create an environment. So here we have a situation of um, the question is, how do you? Take a world, it's a Jewish instinct to take a world that's not pure and to spend every moment of your, your life transforming it from impure to pure. In order to have the energy to do that, Hashem gives us an instinct that we cannot tolerate impurity. Otherwise, we would be too lazy to make an impure world pure. That's what we would do. We would be too lazy. So Hashem gives us an instinct that when we see anything that's not perfect, we feel that it needs to be fixed. That's what we feel. Okay. So that, right, so that is, and that's why Hashem sent us, it says, It's an ikrgadol that wherever we go, um, we need, we are there, essentially, it says that Hashem, Tzedakah Hashem, Hashem created tzedakah that he spread us out among all the nations. Why? 
We know the inner reason why we were spread out among the world in the world is to see the imperfections and even injustice in every place. If we stay in one place, after a while, we've cleaned it up. So Hashem then sends us to other places that haven't yet been cleaned up. So wherever we go as Jewish people, we are always going to notice the problems there, the things that need to be fixed. That is a very deeply Jewish instinct. It's not so much a non-Jewish instinct. Um, and that's why we're always complaining. Because we were given in our shlichus the ability to detect what's wrong that needs to be fixed. It's a holy shlichus. Now, then the question comes up, what do we do when it's more work than we can handle to fix it? So that's a, that's a separate question. But we need to know that that instinct that we notice what's wrong wherever we go is a very deeply Jewish instinct. And it comes from the fact that Hashem sent us among all the nations with his tzedakah so that the milo that comes from the avida in every single place. We have to first notice what's wrong and then fix what's wrong if we can or in our own way. And, 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 there, are ver- and there are various ways to fix things. One way that we fix things is actually you know, you run for government, you run for our office, and you be, et cetera. The other way to fix things is by saying the capital tillum there and say, well, I obviously purified this place. So, or, you know, davening there, saying of art in Tyra there, there are many different ways that we fix the imperfections in, in the world. So it's not just run for office or it's not just invest $10,000 in this project. But, um, you know, some Hisbunimists in this place, on this place, we know the famous idea that um, the Yid turns off by mistake at the wrong exit on the highway, and then he sees that it's the wrong one, and he gets back on the highway. Why did Hashem send him to exit 142 instead of 141? And he did nothing there. He just drove off, drove, you know, turned to the right, realized it's the wrong exit, figured out how to get back on the highway. So why did Hashem send him there? He had, right. He had something there that he had to fix. Now, how did he fix it? He didn't go there, run for office. He didn't become one of the policemen. He didn't. He didn't do anything. But somehow, his neshama, interacting with the molecules of that place, so to speak, created a change in that place. So a yid is a lamplighter wherever he goes. He creates when he sees something wrong. He says, well, I'm going to fix it. He can't always fix it in practicality. He can't always fix it with his hands or his money. But he can always fix it with his presence, with his thoughts, with his kavana, with his fila. So that's why we're going to stand back on the concept of, you know, all the things that I can't change, just accept. Um, because Tyra says, why well, accept it? Just change it. Well, what do I have to do to change it? It might just be, you know, make... Say, 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 saying a bracha there. But, um, okay. So, and, and one more concept, we're jumping, but the idea that Hashem sent us among, out among the nations in order to receive, in order to collect gerim. Gerim doesn't mean people. It means the sparks of kadusha that are found, found in all parts of the world. That's what it means. And therefore, in order to purify those, purify those sparks, 
um, Hashem has to send us to them, which explains why we find ourselves in these strange situations. So now we understand the Mila, the Mila. It's Ufarasi Yamavakedmat son of the Negba. We are, there are two ways that, there are two ways that you can, there are two ways that you can, um, purify the world. One is the way Shlomo Melech did it. Shlomo Melech sat in his place and everything came to him. He didn't go to it. He sat in his place and he purified everything from far, from Yerushalayim. That is one way of purifying things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we see it Lahabdil in technology today. They, you know, they sit in, in, you know, the office of, uh, what's, doing that. Why right, going right. Or what's the name of the company that we have, you know, for our internet, whatever silly company it is that it's going to change any minute. Right. Optimum, optimum. So they sit there. They don't come to you anymore. They sit there and they fix it from over there. It's a, that's one way. The other way is you go to that place. If you want to purify a place, you go to that place. You settle yourself into that place. You become part of the place. You eat their food in a kosher way. You 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 invest yourself in their customs in a kosher way, the ones that you can. You become pu- fully part of that place so that if you're Moroccan, you're 100% Moroccan. If you're Canadian, you're 100% Canadian. If you're Spanish, you're 100% Spanish. And all Jews, right? And all Jews. And you do pick up the stuff of that place. That's why, you know, as I always talk to China, Canadian Jews act different from American Jews. And Canadian Jews certainly act differently. American Jews act very differently from Hungarian Jews. Hungarian Jews, I think, somebody said, I had a group that came to me once, I don't remember why, and she said, you have to tell them to sit down. I said, tell them to sit down. She said, they will come into your dining room, they will just stand the entire time unless you say, please do be seated. That means then, at least then, in Hungary, there was this feeling of, we don't just go into someone's home and sit down, we wait until they say, please sit down. Um People from New York wouldn't be do that. That's for sure. People from Florida, are different than right? People from Florida, but that means that in New York, if you're Jewish and in New York, you're a New York Jew. You know, like you're 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 very different from. You're most probably not going to wait to be asked. You know, please do come in and sit down. You know, you feel well, Americans feel more entitled. Like this is my place. I'm entitled to everything. You know, etc. It's just different things. The earth of the place. Is different. That's why when we were traveling uh, on the way to Eretz Yisrael, the, when we came after Matzah Torah, the giving of the Torah, the Mishkan came with us, and the Mishkan would go. We it was empty. It was hollow. Not the sorry, sorry. The Mizbeah. When we were carrying the Mishkan, the Mizbeah was hollow. It was made out of copper, but it was hollow. It was obviously too too heavy to carry, but also it was hollow. And when we would get to each place. We would put it down, fill it up with the earth, with the dirt of that place, and then it would be solid, and then connect to Hashem through whatever we did wrong, you know, about anything we did wrong through that Mizbeah. So that means that in any given place, you're basically experiencing the dirt, the earthiness of that place. So the earthiness of people in New York is very different from the earthiness of people in, you know, Budapest, Hungary. It's a different earthiness. And the dirt 
you know, the junk that's going on. It's just different. It's a different flavor. We are instructed as Yidden to go to those places. It's called Hislapshus Panimis. You invest yourself in a very inner way. You settle in in a very inner way into that place. And from that inner place where, you, you know, you're a Canadian Jew. You act very Canadian. You say A and you say orange and, 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 and salami and Albany and all this other stuff. You're a Canadian Jew and you have a certain way, a certain stick, etc. And, and through that you are purifying the place of the, the sparks of the place. So, um, and the din is that in every place your job is to transform the place. Wherever you go, if you stand up now and you go, you know, you walk five steps away and you sit down there, you sit on a certain bench or you, you stand at a bus stop waiting for a bus, your job is to transform the energy in that bus stop and the whole city from that place, from that bus stop. Right, right. So we transform them and hug them, the customs of the place by becoming one with the customs of the place. In, we always say this, in France, you eat croissant for breakfast and you drink your coffee out of a bowl. You don't, yeah. And in Italy, you stand and you drink your black coffee early in the morning without sitting down. It's just cheaper. You stand at the cafe and you stand and you drink your, your black coffee down and that's the way it is. Now, you certainly don't do that in... uh Saskatchewan, Canada, you know, everybody's sitting. Nobody's, you know, in such a rush. So each place has its customs. Each place has its customs. And when you go and live there and you absorb the customs, they become your customs, you have now taken a non-Jewish custom. We eat croissant for breakfast. And you do it. You're eating kosher croissant. You now have made that the eating of croissant in the morning becomes a Jewish holy minhug. You take all the customs of the entire world by living in those places, and you now take them into our domain, and they're no longer just plain, secular, mundane customs. They become Torah customs. They're not necessarily a mitzvah that you have to eat croissant first thing in the morning. But when you're living in France and you're eating croissant every morning, it, yeah, the, right. Can't you, can't you bring a Canadian that comes to Brooklyn and, and maintain your Canadianness? And that's yes, you can. But the mitzvah is to go to the place and become part of it, part of that place. And when you become part of that place, you act like they do in a kosher way. Then what you do is, you have transformed Mastas Ibra as their Minhag and Hagal It creates that the Minhag, the custom of the place, becomes a conduct al Wherever it's not a contradiction to Halacha, Halacha obligates us that you should act according to the Minhag of the place in, in things of business, etc., in mundane things. You should. When in Rome, do as the Romans say. And do as the Romans do. Okay, so what we're saying is we are sent around the world to absorb their their, their customs in a way that we, 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 we merge with those customs. Right. 
say this. Let's say this. So now we understand why we were sent around the world, okay, and why we're being sent around the world, and why you think you're about to take the train to go down to Manhattan, and you miss it, and you end up on another platform, etc., because you have a shlichus to do wherever you go. You transform that place into a holy place. Every place you go to, you make into a makam, a makam taira. You say one of the psukim, you say whatever you say, taira shema Yisrael, and you make it into a makam taira. So that shows that the Jewish people have always been, and are even more so now, are the lamplighters of the world. Wherever we go, we change the environment. Right. right. So there are two ways to change the environment. We were created to change the environment. You know, excuse me, are you Jewish? Yes. You say, oh, Nochamo, you're going to start making changes in the environment. Well, yeah, that's what I was born, that's what I was created to do. In other words, people complain, like, oh, you're such a Jewish mommy, you always want to fix everything, you know, et cetera. But really, if somebody says, if, 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 if somebody says to you, you're Jewish, oh, you're going to start making changes here. Yeah. I was I was born into the world to make changes here. Why do you think I'm here? Right? Right. So in Chassidus it says that there are two ways that you're going to change the world. Remember, you're the lamplighter. There are two ways that you're going to do it. One is, I don't have the a little bit cut off on the page, the pa'ula p'nimis in the taftan. You bring Kedusha to that place. You bring holiness to that place. The other way is, one is, yeah. To you. Or, or, yeah. Well, you bring holiness. There's an unholy kind of a situation. You know, a bunch of styrofoam cups. They're neither here nor there. They're nothing. You can bring holiness to them. Shine holiness on them. Like, you take a bunch of leather. You make it into filling. You brought holiness into leather. Right? There's another way to do it, which is, you reveal the essential holiness that's there already that hasn't been revealed. When you reveal the right. right. So you can reveal its hidden essence, which its hidden essence is, at, let's just say, classically in history, we didn't really have an attitude that, you know, the whole world is really uh, holy and you just have to reveal it because the, its opposition was so thick that you barely could. One of the ways that people revealed the, to be Megala, to, to, to the Gala. One of the ways that people revealed the holiness in a place is they gave their lives like Hashem. Well, that's the, that's, that's the hard way to do it. Right, that's not living Kiddush Hashem, right. They had to, so we were sent to many places and we had to give our lives like Kiddush Hashem, la aleinu, in order to reveal that there's innate holiness there. But the resistance of that place, the opposition of that place to holiness was so thick. You never heard the Nasi Adar ever before this generation saying, the world is ready. You never heard that. You know why? Because it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. Now, what does the world is ready mean? The opposition of the world, the thick opposition of the world to it becoming a holy place was so thick, it, it made your life miserable. That is finished. Now it just looks like it's fighting you. The difference is all through history, the world was fighting us. We're here. Hi. Hi. I'm Jewish. My name is 
Mrs. Susie Jewish. Okay, great. Oh, so you're here to change the world, right? Yeah, I'm here to make it into a holy place. I said, go somewhere else. Go to Mars. Get out of here. Leave. I'm Roman. I'm going to tell you to leave or, or else. I'm, I'm Greek. I'm going to tell you to leave or what? I, they used to have some, when, what's his name? Obama was the president. So they had this funny, very funny stuff. They said, where did the Jews belong? They said, under the sea. And it was a whole, like, it was like a whole supposedly funny, um, song with, you know, send, there's plenty of place for the Jews. His opinion was there's plenty of place for the Jews under the sea. It's scuba diving stuff. So look, it's beautiful. He said, under the sea, you'll find plenty of place to live. Just stay off our planet. He said that? I think that was his attitude, yes. <laughs> they said that in the Holocaust. They said when they said, when they asked the, the Canadian government, how many Jews will you allow in to escape, you know, to, to, to escape so that they can escape the Holocaust and be saved? They said, none, uh, how many Jews will we allow into Canada? None is too many. None is too many. So they're saying, go under the sea, go somewhere else. You don't, we don't want you in our world. You're all about making it holy. We're not interested in that. But then we came to a point recently where the world is ready. So now it doesn't look ready, but there's an infinite difference between a world that isn't, isn't ready and one that is ready but doesn't look like it. Because, right, because if it doesn't look like it, then your job is to, you know, you know, everybody, you know, if you're a teacher, everybody has had children in their class that acted like he's totally not interested. Everybody knows people that they act like they're totally not interested in something. They say, I don't care. I don't care. Right. They say, I don't care. And your job is to reveal that they care. Right. Because they said, I don't care. Right, 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 right. So your job is to reveal that they really do care. Now, there was a point there is, there are certain people who don't care, but yeah, when you're dealing, right, right, right. So here, so here the Rebbe is saying, um, um, what happens is if you're going to do it the second way, you're going to reveal the true, I don't know if I'm starting. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Let's go back like this. The second way to reveal that there actually is holiness in that place. How do you do it? It looks unholy. It looks like it's not interested in holiness. How do you reveal the holiness in a place that you know? Because Tyra tells you it is a holy place waiting to be revealed, but it doesn't know. What do you do? You build yeshivas. You build maistas. You build places of Tyra Tzvila and Chasadim in that place, and it transforms the place. Right. When Yehuda, when the Yidden were going to come to Mitzrayim, the first thing was done to build a yeshiva and then go. Because otherwise you're going into a very unholy place and that's tough. It's like making a, one of those marketing calls, it's called, it's called a cold call. They're, the people don't want to hear from you. As opposed to when you go into a place that now has slightly been transformed to Kedusha and you go into that place now, what do you do? You're going into a place that's warm, that's ready. It doesn't know it's ready. Your job is to show it that it's ready. So Yehuda was sent to open a yeshiva. Um, when was it? Of Tishrei, I was somewhere else, and I was reading the whole article about how when the Rebbeiats came here, the first when when everybody said you can't bring holiness to America, and he said America's not different. We know. So the first five years was intense work of opening yeshivas all over the United States. 
I forget where Pittsburgh and Newark and this and that. There were there was a list of it was a five year period of opening one yeshiva, one mice after another, and and whatever it was in that five year period, very intense work. So then I thought, wait a minute. So in a way, wherever we go, we want to sort of open up a mysid. Whatever that means. It means you and your friend learn on the phone. You've sort of, so to speak, started a mysid in that place. It warms up the place. Once you put a yeshiva there, a, a place where today it's, we just go to places and we do hot hills. And you've already warmed up the place. Yeah, you could stand, uh, you know, New Los Avenue in Brooklyn at the, at the subway station and you, and that place now becomes warmer to the idea of revealing its innate holiness that's sitting inside waiting to be revealed. And that's why, um, what happens if you keep doing that is the place that was a desert doesn't want to hear about holiness ends up becoming full of holiness to the extent that, this is what we learned last week about the sun and the moon, does, does it, if, so if someone opens up a yeshiva in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn was a very not holy place, so does Brooklyn now become still a receiver of holiness that's going to stop resisting? Or no, I'm, I'm going to illustrate it with an example. Let's say you have teenage children, and they don't want to take vitamins. Mm-hmm. You ever hear of that? They don't want to take vitamins. So you have sort of three steps. One is they say, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Don't talk to me about vitamins. I don't want to hear. We're picking something very powerful. I don't want to hear. Okay. The next stage is, you know, they said, one more word about vitamins. I'm going to walk. I'm, I, I, you know, you see, they, they start looking at their phone. They don't want to hear about vitamins. Okay. The next stage when it's more advanced, when it gets better is, you're talking about vitamins. They don't actually walk out of the room. They're like, uh-huh, okay, okay, okay. They're a little more open to it. And then the next stage is they're, they're I hear you. I don't know. I don't want to take vitamins, but I hear you. They're at least like you thought. <laughs> the ultimate stage would be, and this happens all the time, they come to you and they say, you know, Mom, I discovered it's amazing. There's this thing called vitamins. And I started taking them, and you should try it. You should try it. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? They feel like they discovered it. Like the idea of Kiruv, Kiruv like when we were doing <clears throat> Kiruv, everybody said, you're not allowed to, we don't want to hear about it, it's bad, it's just, now everybody feels like they discovered Kiruv. They don't even remember. They said, oh, you also do Kiruv? Uh, 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 yeah, we also do Kiruv. So the ultimate stage is when the receiver that wasn't holy before wasn't shining light, wasn't even accepting light before, now becomes so full of light, it's it's shining independently its own light. You don't know the difference, like the moon and the sun. There's a point at which the moon, which was always, first didn't even show any light, and then eventually it's receiving light, and then one day it comes to the point where it's just like the sun. Right, that's what the, yeah. Right. right. When you become the leader... No, now. Well, no, not not the moon is like the sun, but basically you work with a place. An example is right. An example is Brooklyn, New York, not a very holy place. Now let's take a building, an abortion center. That's not only not holy, 
That's the opposite of holy. I mean, right? Uh, my body, my choice. You know, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's the opposite. Like murdering people is one of the mitzvahs, one of the sheva mitzvahs. You're not supposed to do it, right? So abortion is not something that the terrorist says, yeah, absolutely, we totally embrace it. It's, you know, my, my choice. So you take a building. So when the Fizik Rebbe sent Rabbi Jacobson here and said, go look for a place for, you know, Chabad headquarters in the world outside of Eretz Yisrael, I think as far, as far as I heard, Rabbi Jacobson went back and said, I did not, I did not see it. And I think we sent back, go look at it. Eastern Parkway and Kingston Avenue. Who would think to look at an abortion center? What, what abortion center? This, this, this was an abortion. Yeah, that's the whole thing. A place that was the opposite of life. So, a place was, oh, that's the whole point. What is it called today? Face Hayenu, the place of our life. So it was transformed from the opposite of life to our life. So now, so a place like Brooklyn, New York, you see outside of Eretz Israel, Brooklyn, New York, is Kanaim Hara the biggest source of light shining uh, to to the entire world between Williamsburg, Flatbush, uh, Borough Park, Crown Heights, and then you know, and then and five towns in New Jersey and 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 then has like the tri-state area is such a listic a place and um, it's such a listic a place that it is shining in a way equal to Jerusalem, equal to Eretz Yisrael, even more, even more. Even more. So that's the next thing, even more. Now, think back 100 years ago, how come all of our ancestors said they didn't want to come to the tri-state area because they knew it would destroy their connection to Hashem? Now they come here in order to increase their connection to Hashem. For instance, once upon a time, it was considered, if you're Jewish, don't go to India. It's, it's full of Avaita Zara. Today, if you're Israeli and, you know, you say, I don't know, I don't know what I want to be, people say, go to India. You'll come back from the place of total love, the place that you were supposed to stay away from became so transformed through the Chabad houses that now somebody says, you want to get your head straight, go to India. They'll, they'll, they'll fix you up. The place of Avaita Zara, no, no, no. It's a, right. It's, right. It's a, it's, a pla- it's a place of holiness. So this concept that you take a place that's completely opposite of holiness and you transform it so that, right, and you transform it to a place that is is um what's the word is um um completely uh independently holy now by the way a, a spoiler alert at the end of the sikha the rebbe is going to say in these days because until what if we don't get to these words in these days now from yutes kislev till the end of the month of kislev we need to be doing for every person should be part of one of three three for brangans and in a way that when you do a for in any given place that place becomes like the source itself. It becomes like what's the holiest place in the world in a way. The Kaisha Kadashim, the Kaiso. So you want to make right, well, we know. Right, right. 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 So that's that's the concept then. You make the place shine. So the idea that Basra Banish of the Bubble became the holiest place in the world that actually shines to Yerushalayim is a Kiddush of Geula. It's not that the idea didn't exist before, but it's that no one had the capability of doing it. The, 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 the possibility was in the lowest of the lowest place can become the place that is literally inspiring the holiest place. But nobody had the ability to squeeze it out of that place, to reveal it.
Now we do. So that's why we have the concept of base urbanization of a bubble. And even we're saying the tri-state area, a place that everybody said, stay away. If you're going to go to America, there's one place not to go. Do not go to New York. It was vaudeville. It was, it was so, you know, it was so grub and it was so anti-from. Anybody who came who was from, you know, they have a book about the three people who stayed from who did. It was a place that ate up its inhabitants, New York and the tri-state area. It ate up any Yiddishkeit that had belonged to people who came from Europe. That's why the three that grabbed said, hey, I have such a great idea. He didn't say, hey. He said, instead of when people come from the holy place from Europe and this place eats up their Yiddishkeit, why don't we just, instead of, why don't we just eat up the Gaiishkeit? It used to be known as a place that ate, it up, ate up people's Yiddishkeit. He said, let's eat up the Gaiishkeit instead. Well, why, why resist? Yes, yes. Right, every place now is the Iker. But why resist? The Fredrik River was saying, why resist a place that seems unholy? Figure out what, why resist a place that's powerful? Right, why resist a place that's powerful? The Rebbe says, see what makes it powerful. Use those, use those energies for yourself. So if America was eating up, just notice the concept, eating up the Yiddishkeit, so the Friedrich Rebbe says, great, so let's eat up the Gaiishkeit, right? Everything has its, its strength. Use its strength for holiness. Everything that has power was created by Hashem to be used ultimately for Kedusha, to reveal his glory. Why push it away? The old way was Eskafia. Okay, okay, don't let it affect you. Don't deal with it. The new way is, let's see, what does it have? Oh, so this person is this, this, and this. Great. What can, what can I use from what they're doing? You know, oh no, I, uh, got this and this in the mail. Like the woman who went to the Rebbe and said, I got a chain letter and it was very scary. It said, if you must, but it said, hey, great idea. Let's send chain letters about Mashiach <laughs> to, to 10 people. So, so we're going to continue tomorrow and here's just the little, uh, here's just a little uh, hint. We're going to see that the place that represents this concept of it was the lowest of the low of the most clepidic, the most unholy that you could possibly imagine, that turned into the holiest, an incredibly holy place that's shining its own light, and that place is France. Sarfas, France. And that's what we're going to see tomorrow, how that place um how that place is, and, and it all comes, all of the transformation of the dark, unholy, resistant places to luminous places that shine through Yerushalayim, that is all represented, that's all embodied in the example of and the country of France. So may we find ourselves now, before we get to tomorrow, in the Gula Mitzvah Shlema immediately now.